This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly roundtable discussion with Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw as we take a look back at Iowa State's victory over Kansas. So many positives to come out of that game. And we'll think about the bye week a little bit and look ahead to Kansas State coming up next weekend. So we hope you'll enjoy our weekly roundtable discussion. So guys, the great win over Kansas, so many positives to come out. What kind of jumped out to you guys as you think back on that game? And what kind of jumps off the page at each of you? Well, for me, our podcast last week, you know, we talked about what we thought Iowa State was going to do, how they were going to respond. And, man, I would say they did 100% of what we were hoping they would do and, and thought they would do. And I think that's just the progress we're looking for, the evolution of this football team into what we think it still can become and I think will become. I completely agree, Eric. We, we talked on the coaches show with Coach Campbell before that, that game, after the Baylor game. And a lot of the, the conversation was, is people don't appreciate the process of getting to become great. You know, everyone expects the outcome, but doesn't, you know, understand the process of the, the outcome. And, you know, it's funny, I, I was sitting next to him and you don't process that completely. And then, you know, over the last week or two, you've been thinking about what he's been talking about. And it's so true. You know, we walk in the season and you have nine wins on the board before we played one football game. You have 10 wins on the board as a fan before you play one football game. As a program, he understands it as, as well as anyone. He understands how to develop teams and develop players. And I think that stood out last week. That, that was probably the most complete game they played. Obviously, they came out very quick, but it's just really neat to see what he's doing, obviously, with these players so quickly, but working on it one week at a time. And you can see the development from week four to week five. The other thing that really stands out to me, and gosh, we've seen it now for several years, but it's not a smooth paved road all the, all the time. You know, there are going to be some bumps. And that's why it's so important to have a guy and a group of guys with a steady hand at the helm. Yeah, and that's what Matt is. And I, and I think, you know, he wasn't panicking in any way, shape or form. You know, he wanted better results, too. But it's but he had the vision just, hey, stay the course. We're doing the right things. It's, all, it's going to come together sooner, hopefully rather than later. And we really saw a great sign of that Saturday night. Yeah, I find it interesting that on the coaches poll, Iowa State is receiving some votes. And on the AP poll, they're not receiving any. <laughs> I mean, if, if you watch this team play, especially if you watched last week and know what they've been capable of in, in past years as seasons have gone on, to me, there's no way this isn't one of the top 25 or 30 teams in the country. But I get it. I get why they're not getting votes, but I, I have every confidence that they will be. Not that any of that matters, but, it, you know, this is a good football team. I guess I'll put it that way. This is a good football team. It is a good football team. And that's, you look at, so you're talking the AP, people don't know how to take them, you know, at this point, because they've lost two games. It's almost more of an expectations thing from the AP, like, well, you should be 4-0 right now. Walking into last week, you should be 5-0 and right now. Versus looking at the tape, looking at the quality of wins. Obviously, Iowa is turning out to be a pretty good, you know, pretty good football team. I still believe we should win that football game. You know, Baylor's a pretty good football team. I still think we should have won that game. Which, when you're looking at the quality, like you're talking about, John, when you walk into a game uh, anytime this year. Iowa State 
is a tough football team. Like the other coach is not going to be excited to see that team standing on the, on the other sideline, you know, and if they're not ranked, well, we've been there before. And so if you want to see the master motivator work, watch this. And coach Campbell, he, he's paying, he doesn't pay attention to the rankings, but I tell you what, he is paying attention to how people respect or don't respect the program. I'm sure. And I think he probably uses it as a motivator with his kids. Where were we a year ago at this time? I that's mean, that's a great question. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and, and I think it worked out pretty well. I'm not saying that's exactly going to happen again, but I think it's certainly a possibility, a distinct possibility. This team could could still do many, if not all, the same things that, that we did a year ago. So it's perception. It's a snapshot of the moment. The voting is always tied into your preconceived ideas. So, you know, even though we've become more of a national brand over the last you know few years, we're still Iowa State in a lot of people's mind, and that was just a blip on the radar screen last year. But people who know know this is a really, really good football team. I mean, we've got a boatload of All-Americans, starting with, with some of the best playmakers in the country, and I think that's really going to shine as we go forward. Well, and if it's going to be a great football team going forward, which I think it will, Brock Purdy is right at the center of that, and he played great on Saturday. He really did. I think he's been playing great the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it started down in Vegas, you know, where he really turned it on. And I think that at Baylor, he played a really gritty football game. And then against Kansas, he uh, he was he was Brock Purdy, you know, at the best, that gunslinger back there. That play that he threw to Charlie Kohler is as good as you're going to see by, by two great football players. You know, he's scrambling. Looks like he's going to throw the ball way out of bounds. Then he slings it down the field, and Charlie Kohler just does an All-American play, catches it in the one foot inbounds and touchdown. And and uh, that's what's fun to see. I think all the fan base loves to watch that. I love to watch it. We all love that. When he just has that gunslinger attitude, like never die. And that was just a great play that just really capulates what he's doing right now. Like it captures like how he's playing the game. I just I thought it was an outstanding football play. Well, I mean, the guy's got over 10,000 yards <laughs> passing. I mean – uh, he's made plays with his legs, you know, and it's always though it, it comes down to so many times you want the gunslinger mentality, but then, you know, you can't afford to have the turnovers. You have to find the happy medium. And I think that's one of the things Brock's done virtually every year is kind of, okay, settle in. Okay. What's, what's it need to be? And I think that's exactly where he is right now. He's in a great place. And as he's in a great place, uh, so is his football team because the, the components are all there. And, and when Brock's playing at the high level he is right now, I like our chances against anybody. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. I love the fact, too, that Hunter Deckers is getting some quality snaps because that's so important for his future. And he's he's looked good every time he's been out there, really, even going back to last year. That touchdown run, man, did Jared Russ give him a block? <laughs> Holy mackerel. But as I went back and watched that game again, by the way, guys, I was trying to write down on a play who had the good blocks. And I kept writing the name Jared Russ over and over and over again. And obviously the offensive linemen were doing their job too. So I'm writing a lot of their names down, but man, Jared Russ continues to just play really good football for Iowa state. You know, when you talk about people who didn't come back, you know, for, for that super senior year, you know, and understandably so, and who's going to be missed the most? What do you think Jaquan Bailey? But a lot of people, including myself included, thought, boy, Dylan Sainer is going to be hard to replace because what he does. 
But if you watch Jared Russ block, I think he's every bit as effective a blocker, maybe even a little better than Dylan Sainer was. And, man, how valuable is that to the quarterback? But Reese's resurgence, I think, has really come along about the same time as Jared has really started to establish himself as a premier point-of-attack blocker. He has, and and to touch on Deckers, I mean, Hunter Deckers is going to be a special talent, and and obviously his speed, was he showed that on that run, but, you know, when you watch him sling the ball around every time he gets a chance to be out there, it's pretty special, and if you look at the fourth quarter of the Iowa game as a good example, they have their starting defense out there. That defense has been deadly this year to teams, and what does he do? He puts two scoring drives together against probably one of arguably one of the top defenses in the nation right now, and especially takeovers or takeaways. And he's in the heat of the game. He's an Iowa kid. His emotions are high. He puts a touchdown drive together, then comes back down and puts a, a field goal drive together at the end of the game. So <laughs> that's the talent we keep talking about. It's sitting on the sidelines right now, and it's pretty exciting to see. Watching Hunter in the fall, I mean, I was just so impressed. I mean, we've known – about the strength of his arm for a long time, but the touch on the passes that I saw in the fall. Now, that hasn't come into play 100% uh, the last couple games he's been in, you know, against UNLV. You know, he, he maybe missed a couple, but I think that's a little bit of nerves. And how important is that to get that out of your system right now in these games rather than when he's the guy or going to be the guy going forward? He's going to have a lot of great things in his memory banks, and, and some of that nervousness that comes with a guy who hasn't played will at least be partially behind him. Hunter Deckers is really a fascinating guy because I think he's such a natural athlete, and we saw his speed on that touchdown run, but he was a great, he was an all-state baseball player. He was a terrific basketball player. He had 271 threes made in his uh, high school career. I mean, the guy is a, a great natural all-around athlete. And I think a lot of coaches really love recruiting those guys that played a lot of sports and excelled a lot of sports. It shows their competitor. And I think, I think you've got to chip off the old block from, from Brock Purdy with Hunter Deckers. And I'm sure he's learning a lot from Brock. He really is. And if you look at like Iowa kids, you know, that we've talked about this a little bit throughout the year. I think you, you look at the development of Iowa kids. A lot of them are multi-sport athletes, especially some of those in the smaller communities like where, where Hunter's at. But if you want to know where to find Hunter on campus in February, March, he's probably at the rec center playing basketball. You know, you <laughs> want to find him in the summer. He's either at the golf course or he's playing softball somewhere. Out competing but somewhere. Yeah. He's out competing <laughs> somewhere. And that's the kind of guy you want. And He's, he's a little bit of a gym rat, I believe, and I think that that's what makes him a better athlete. You know, he hasn't capped at football because he played football in high school for three months, and then he played basketball for three months, and he played baseball for three months. And the next thing you know, he's a great athlete, but he's not capped at the sport when you get here. And I think that's where you see the development of these multi-sport athletes. They're good when they get here, but they turn into something really you know, good or great once they just focus on that sport because they are not capped. They haven't spent 12, 10, 12 months a year focusing on that one sport. And I think that's where Hunter Deckers is. We haven't seen him capped yet. He's never focused as much on one sport, and it's going to be exciting to watch him grow. Well, Hark, you being an Iowa native, great, great city of Humboldt, by the way. <laughs> is it improved Iowa high school coaching? Because I just think the talent level coming out of Iowa high schools right now is at a level – that I've not seen in my lifetime. I think there are more quality players coming out, and I don't know if it's access to camps or whatever, but for whatever reason, there are more good prospects and, and players coming out of Iowa High School. I know there are a lot of really good coaches out there, and I know those coaches have access to a lot of clinics and camps and things like that, but for whatever reason, uh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? 
So I think you're, you're right. And, and a good example is this last weekend. I don't know the total, but like if you add up the total scores of Iowa, Iowa State and you and I, it was like 180 to 20 against their opponents. And I've always said, I think that the state of Iowa is completely under recruited. And a lot of that is because these kids are playing multi, multi sports. For me, I'm a, I live in Humboldt. Obviously, I get a chance to watch that program. We have kids out there that are going to be playing basketball in about a month. And they just got done with their baseball season. Now, they are starting to get some looks and recruited, but they're, they're really good football players. When they step on campus and they, they're stepping on campus with a kid from, you know, a one-sport state like Texas, they're going to be a little bit behind. I was a little behind when I got to Iowa State. I, I was shocked at, like, the knowledge level of some of these kids, you know, when I got to Iowa State. But what happens is over that 12 to 24 months that you get on campus – you start to understand coverages. You start to understand formations. You understand that sport a little better, and you become a little bit better athlete, obviously, along the way as well. And once you take that to the next level, you actually can catch and pass athletes. And I think that's what happens a lot of times with Iowa kids is they come in, they're 6'5", 225 pounds. Three years later, they're 6'5", 270 and next thing you know, you have Zach Peterson on your team. And he's a great example of what I'm talking about. He walks on campus. He's a good effort guy. He's played a lot of sports, really good athlete. Tell me somebody playing better at defensive end in the Big 12 right now than Zach Peterson. And I think that's just a great example of an Iowa story of an Iowa kid coming in. He was probably one or two years behind some of the kids from Florida or Texas. And then he develops into the one sport athlete. And here we are. That's funny that as you started that description uh, of, of what happens, Hark, he, he immediately came to mind for me. And then sure enough, that's the example you used. So I, I think we're all seeing that. And I hope that the folks around the Big 12 are seeing it and around nationally are seeing it because I, I think Zach deserves some postseason honors. He's, he's really played great football. Cyclone fans get my new favorite Cyclone shirt, the Corey by Authentic Brand. The stylish half zip features Buttersoft Scuba Knit Performance Fabric. Visit one of our fine retailers near you or order online at Authentic-Brand.com for fast, free delivery. Let's talk about a young guy who led the team in tackles a week ago in Bo Freeler. Man, that, that kid can fly around and make plays. And Eric, we talked to Matt a little bit off the air, and I don't know if we can share everything that he said, but I, I feel like he's super high on Bo Freeler. Oh, he is. And why wouldn't you be? Here's a, a true freshman coming in and he's played himself into the two deep at a spot that's so critical to that, that back line of defense, but his ability, his athletic ability, number one, he's got great speed. The size he, he, he gives you at that safety spot is big too. He, he can take on a big back or a tight end and get him to the ground. But the thing that Matt said that I think really stuck out to me as much as anything those things you can see but Matt's comment was he really wants it and that's big and I think that's why uh, he he came in with the idea that hey why not me why can't I be that guy to play back there and he, he's showing it every game and, and getting better and better as the game went on I talked to you at a couple breaks you know on the broadcast oh. on Saturday I said who's who's number 27 you know, and it's like it's Craig McDonald. And then like, you look and Bo Freeler's out there together. Go, Our two safeties look like linebackers. And then you watch them run around and they run like safeties. And then you look out at the corners 
and you see TJ Tampa, who's 6'2", 6'3", he actually looks like a safety. He's a little skinnier. And you've got another freshman running out there at the defensive, on the defensive backfield that looks like players we haven't had in those positions ever before. You know, sometimes you have to go look at USC or some of these bigger schools, the Floridas or something, when you find these safeties that look like linebackers. We're getting them. We have those recruits on the team now. We have those players on the field. And they're just freshmen. And that's what excites me so much about this team and the program right now is, yes, we have some great All-Americans that came back. We have some great players. But, wow, when you see a guy like Bo Freeder come on the field on a Saturday as a true freshman and do what he does, that's a pretty bright future for us. You know, his uh, blitzes late in the game, his timing was great. His speed getting to the quarterback was great. Craig McDonald, too. And I just can't help but thinking for both those young guys, and there's so many young guys in that secondary for Iowa State, what a huge thing for those guys to be around a guy like Greg Eisworth every day. Eric's talked a lot about the connectivity of the defense and how important it is for those guys to all be on the same page and understand what they're doing. And, man, when you've got – we and we described Greg, it's a cliche, but we described him literally as a coach on the field. He knows everything that's going on on every play. Man, for those players, it's got to be huge being alongside him every day. Absolutely. It has to be uh, super important. I asked uh, Kimani King about that, and he said, you know, uh, that Greg has kind of helped him, taking him under his wing a little bit. He says, and now I've learned enough that I feel like I can help him once in a while. So it's just kind of one of these things being passed on and, and everybody realizing the importance of, hey, we have to be on the same page. We have to communicate. We have to know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and, and th- they're really getting there. And then you throw another guy in there, too, who doesn't look like that six one, six two safety, but Aishim Young back there, man, he's having a heck of a year, too. He is. And Saturday, we gave the heart of the, of the, the team, basically, for the game. We talked about Jay Cummel and Mike Rose. I left Greg Eisworth off on that, un- you know, that unintentionally. But throughout the day, we were sending so many players in what you noticed were three seniors out there, Greg Eisworth, Jay Cummel, and, and Mike Rose on the field. They stayed on the field and coached the defense. And what, if you noticed, they were running eight freshmen in at a time throughout the game. But who's still on the field in the fourth quarter with these freshmen and, and sophomores? Mike Rose, Jay Cummel, and Greg Eisworth. They were out there <laughs> running the defense, passing on you know, some of their knowledge to this next generation of kids. Hey, speaking of heart of the team, and we kind of talk about him every week, but I'm just so impressed with M.A. Wazirike. I mean, what he's done, of course, he had the block, but I mean, I think maybe the biggest development in our defense this year, other than, uh, the youth obviously is great, but I mean, for a guy who's played primarily, you know, at the end spot to be, you know, basically your nose guard, uh, man, what he has given Iowa State at that position solidified that. It also allows you to play uh, you know, Will McDonald and Zach Peterson. And you put those three in there together, and that's a very formidable uh, defensive front. But Enig just continues to get better and better. And, man, the work and effort that he's put in uh, to get to where he is right now, man, I- I'm just so impressed with him uh, as a player and a person. I agree. Coach Rashid has done an amazing job with that defensive line. In my opinion, through five games, I'm probably a little biased being a past defensive lineman, but I'm not sure there's a position room or group that's played better than our defensive line. I haven't seen a defensive line we play against that's even close to their talent level and at the level they're playing at. So Coach Rashid's done an amazing job developing any, obviously, into what he has become, but also Zach Peterson and Will. Will was a project when he got here. You talk about a 
guy yes. that shows up on campus at 220 pounds, maybe soaking wet. Look what he's doing now. So Coach Rashid's done a really, really good job developing these players so, so they can play across the front. And again, I, I just I have a hard time believing there's another position group performing better than the defensive line. Yeah, six six three twenty for any, and he moves like a defensive end, which is why he played out there. But he is a just an absolute force inside, and so man, it's been fun to watch him uh, develop over the years. And it has been a five year process to watch him develop. On football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Let's wrap this up by looking ahead just a little bit to Kansas State. We'll, we'll get into it more next week, but one thing that just jumps off the page when I think about playing Kansas State as special teams and how well do you think Iowa State cleaned up their special teams a week ago? You know, I think about the kickoff coverage team, and I guess we don't know <laughs> because Mevis, I think, hit, uh, what, 10 out of 10 uh, kickoffs for touchbacks. So we don't know if the coverage team was doing a better job or not. We know that Mevis did a great job, and I hope he can do that again next week. But uh, punt, punt, there was a change there. Just tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are. Are they starting to get some of the special teams cleaned up a little bit? The sample size was really small. You only punt a couple times, you know, and, and you kick off out of the end zone, you know, every time. I mean, if Andrew Mevis can continue to do that, there are going to be games where it's windy. You're not going to be able to do it. And we're going to find out a little bit more. But certainly Mevis was even good. Even on the, the, the kick that was returned for a touchdown at Baylor, it was a great kickoff. It, it, it just wasn't covered properly. We're going to find out. But I have to believe there's been quite a bit of emphasis over the past couple of weeks and we'll continue to be heading into k-state because malik knowles is another big time returner he's got back-to-back uh, weeks with kickoff return for touchdowns so uh got, got to find a way k-state has historically how many how many kicks have they returned for a touchdown in the last 20 years i mean the number is absolutely staggering far and away more than any team in the country yeah i'll bet yeah. it's getting close to double of anybody else in the country so they got one against Oklahoma, obviously, last week, the top five team in the, in the country. That is a big part of their team and has been forever. That's an, They're annoying. You know, we were up 21 on them my junior year at halftime. The next thing they do, come out in the second half, and they return a kickoff at the, to start the second half for a touchdown, and they're out the gate. And here we go. We lose the game, you know, to a team that we outplayed other than on special teams. They've been doing it for forever, you know, yeah. and so since Coach Snyder's been there. So don't look at the past. Look in the future. Even if you have a great special teams unit and you walk into, into Manhattan, Kansas, if you're not ready to play kickoff or punt coverage, you're going to be in trouble because they will be ready. That, that is a big part of their uh, attack. One thing I want to mention, too, you know, watching all the football games I've been watching and, and just seeing the number of bonehead penalties, unsportsmanlike. Do you know why Malik Knowles actually got that kickoff return to cut it to a one-score game? Because Oklahoma had scored right before that, and they got a celebration penalty, so they had to kick off from the 20. Otherwise, they kick it way out of the end zone. When Iowa State's two-point conversion failed against Baylor, they take the helmets off, and we all have a couple cracks at trying to recover an onside kick. I mean, that's one thing you just haven't seen with our football team, those kind of bonehead, look-at-me kind of plays that can get you beat. It seems like it's insignificant. Well, turned out both of those could have been very significant and i just i just love the discipline with which our guys play i agree eric you travel with the team and you see it as well we we all get a chance to do that these are great young men i'm proud that they wear our jerseys and and, and they're part of this program and they represent us very well 
you, you again we talk about when we travel on that plane with them they go on a business trip it's there's no horsing around they're great young people they sit down and, and very respectful of everybody they say yes sir yes ma'am when they talk into someone they say thank you they say please if you perform like that off the field you're going to perform like that on the field you know and i think that's just part of the development of young people when you bring your kid to Iowa State on a recruiting trip, why do you not want your kid developed that way? Like, how long does that last? And that's going to last for a very long time. And that's where Coach Campbell, I think, has a long – he's way ahead of a lot of universities right now on getting kids just because of that simple fact. He's developing beyond the next four years and on a football field. Those simple things like that, they don't have boneheaded plays because they're good people and they're being developed as a, as a young man, not just as a football player. So we all can be very proud of – of the guys that are wearing those helmets on every Saturday for us. 100% agree. And, you know, if you, if you don't have that in your personality after being on the Iowa state campus for a year with Matt Campbell, uh, you're probably not going to last very long in this program because he's judging character as much as he's judging what you're doing on the field. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and you're right, Hark, the, the one ties into the other, you know, and he, he said that when he got here, that the academic performance of the guys was going to be tied directly to how well this team improved on the football field. And we're seeing it, you know, highest GPA for the football program in school history. And look at the results on the field. These guys think the game. They know the game. And they're respectful of each other. They play for each other. That stuff, it sounds all cliche and everything, but it's not automatic. I mean, that's hard to do. And Matt has absolutely created a great culture. And we hear about culture all the time. That's it right there. So a good example of that, John, is this week. It's a bye week. They reach out to me this week for a couple seniors that are trying to develop into careers. They're they're wanting help. How does this person interview? Will you help them interview? Will you help them uh, build that resume? Who do you know in this industry? This person wants to go do X, Y, Z. You know what they're doing on the bye week? They're making their players better people. That's what they're doing. I, you know, and that's a great example. I get an email and a phone call from the academic department because they're trying to help a couple seniors on the football team learn how they can prepare when they're done at the end of the season. How do I interview? How do I present myself when I go to the interview as I continue on my career after football? That tells everything about this program we all need to know. Well, guys, can't wait for uh, next week. Obviously, we're all going to enjoy the bye. I think it'll be good for the guys to get healthy. And then next week, let's go full force the rest of the way through this Big 12 race because there's a lot of tough games coming up. But I think our guys are up to it. Thanks, guys. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere.